Hey, welcome everybody in to the latest episode of I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. This is episode 20. Tonight is December 12th of 2022. I'm half of your podcast host team as always, JT, along with Tom. Tom, what's up? Hey, bud. How's it going? Good, man. Good. Got a got a one of Tori's friends here. You know, Tori, we've talked about her a good bit. She's a freshman at the University of Alabama. And she has made friends with a football player. And uh, so we've got Bryce Young sitting here beside me, Tom. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I screwed that up. We've got Nalen Hibbett sitting beside me. He's Even a better. snapper from, uh, from Alabama. Nalen, would you like to say hello to everyone? What's up? Excited to be here. Thank you guys for having me on. Hey, bud. I, Glad I was to have worried you. about, you know, because when you and I started out, we were not very good at this. Not that we're much better now, but we definitely weren't good four years ago. So I asked Tori, I'm like, you know, sometimes when that red light cuts on, I mean, you get a little, you know, it's a little nerve-wracking. You think he'll be okay? She's like, well, he, he plays guitar and sings on the strip some, and then he, uh, he's he got 400,000 TikTok followers. I said, yeah, I, th- I think we're good here. So. <laughs> he's living the life you and I always dreamed of living. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, you and him have something in common we'll talk about later, but uh, and I told him he can, he can jump in any time, so... Because uh, a little bit different podcast, we don't have any games. We had Army Navy, that was it. So we're going to talk about uh, the Heisman Trophy and talk about hey, I'm not, I'm not charging. You're charging. It's coming soon, Tom. Yes, it is faster than you want it to. Not quick enough for me. I'm, I'm very excited about our basketball team. Uh, we'll Super talk excited. about the rankings. I think they, uh, the coaches poll got a little shot across the bow on us this week when they re-ranked. But uh, first off, on a serious note, Mike Leach, uh, head coach of Mississippi State, not in good health at all. Uh, it sounds at this point it's just inevitable. I hate – I mean, nothing is ever beyond repair. Uh, you know, prayer does work, but, I mean, he is just not in good shape. I, I think it's come out now that he had like a massive heart attack and was – I don't think anybody got to him for 10 or 15 minutes, and that's that's not good. And, and the last I heard was hospice care kind of – keeping him comfortable um, until the, the two other family members that are not there uh, get arrive and they can make some tough decisions. And 61 years old, man, that's just uh, – that's too young. But, um, you know, prayers out to him. We, we Great rivalries in the SEC, but ultimately, uh, you know, you, you never want to see a coach – this happen to a coach. And, it's you know, it's part of life. But prayers out to him. And um, let's get that out of the way at the outset. So – Heisman Trophy, did you uh, did you watch the ceremony at all? I was in Biloxi this weekend playing poker. Not one of my better outings, by the way. But uh, So I watched a lot of TV sort of without the sound and that sort of thing. And that's when I, wa- I watched the ceremony from afar a little bit there. I noticed that Bryce finished six. You know, one thing that a lot of people keep complaining about year after year and it never changes is the lack of diversity as far as position players in the uh, in the finals, and I noticed that it's sort of held suit again this year. Eight out of the top ten finalists were quarterbacks. Only two running backs in the uh, in the top ten, and of course, three of the four top vote getters are quarterbacks on current playoff teams. And if if uh, Caleb Williams, obviously this year's winner, if he would have won that last game he was in, it would have been four for four. So, but, but yeah, that's, that's as much as I, I watched it. I do think they got it right this year as far as who won. I'm not sure they got it right on who the finalist should be. 
but uh, no, but I, I, I did agree with the winner. And I, you know, I'm no fan of Tennessee, but Hendon Hooker deserved to be there just based on his numbers. And uh, you know, Caleb, um, heck of a player, man. How sick are you if you're Oklahoma? You know, you had a you had a Heisman Trophy winner. Same way with Ohio State. You know, how sick are you if you're Ohio State and Joe Burrow went go you know goes to LSU and wins it? But, I think. I think in Oklahoma's situation, they're not necessarily sick. They're just still mad as hornets. I mean, how mad would you be with not only your coach leaving, but taking half your team with him, including a Heisman Trophy winner? Well, good. I think a good example would be, okay, so Tua comes in in 2017. You know, we see glimpses when, when we get a big enough lead. Uh, with Jalen starting, and we see glimpses of Tua, and then Tua comes in. You remember Caleb Williams came in last year and won the uh, the Texas the the Red River Shootout, and so so you knew what you had with Caleb, and, and he ended up starting over um, uh, what's his face that's at uh, South Carolina, Spencer Rattler. Thank you. Um, but you know, so Tua came in, had glimpses in seventeen, and then won the national title for us. What if Saban leaves and takes Tua with him? Like how that that's a pretty good example. Uh, correlation of, of you know how that could occur. Uh, all the other war- awards have been handed out, I believe, or the, the majority of them. And you know, Will Anderson just racked up on defensive awards, and it's just sad that he didn't get him. A, a it's sad he didn't get invited last year over Aiden Hutchinson, and, and B it's sad he didn't get invited this year. And it's it's one of those things. And like with Bryce, I mean, did Bryce deserve a, an invite? Yeah, I don't know, maybe. But there was a great tweet out that said, uh, and you might have seen, I, I think I retweeted up to our account, which is at Targeting Night. We're going to try to get that plugged through Neelan, who has a plethora of, uh, of Instagram and TikTok followers. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, shameless plug there. But, you know, Bryce, when we were behind in the fourth quarter, anytime we were behind, he never left the field when we were behind, like when he would leave the field in the fourth quarter, we were either tied or ahead. And that, I mean, that's Heisman. That's quality. impressive. You know, he he had his Heisman moment again at Texas, and and it just would have been interesting to see. Uh, you know, what if what if seven holds on to the ball at LSU and we get that win and we go on to beat Georgia? It's been hard to keep him from it, but I, I, I you know, Caleb is a heck of a player. All of them are. Uh, I think I feel like Stetson Bennett was a, a career achievement award. So, but what you know, whatever. If, you know, if Stetson it, kept if Stetson kept Hendon Hooker out, hey, hats off to him. <laughs> you know, one one other thing, and I, I just thought about this, just talking through it with uh, Riley taking all the players to Oklahoma. How crazy is that going to be moving forward when, you know, Dion is doing it this year, but he's not going to carry a lot with him. He can claim all he wants to. If he if he carries a lot of D2 players with him to Colorado, they'll have the same, uh, you know, type of season they had this year. Don't get me wrong. He's obviously got one of the better players in the country over there now, and he's got, he's got some talent. But the point I guess I was just thinking about is – Lincoln Riley, that's the first time that a big-name coach left for another school with the portal at his disposal. You know, this is this portal's only, what, three years deep? And Something so, like that, yeah. you know, uh, if, if you do have a big-time coach, you know, it would have been interesting to see if Kiffin may have gotten the Auburn job. How many players would he have taken with him? I think Judkin, Quinshawn Judkin, I think is his last name. I think he was gone. I mean, the kids from Pike Road, 
and mm-hmm. uh, why Alabama or Auburn didn't offer him, I, mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm, Alabama had the reasons. I'm sure Auburn did too. Auburn had a terrible coach was one reason. But, you know, the guy led the, the SEC in rushing, I think, as a freshman. So Yeah. That's just something to keep an eye on with coaches at big-time programs moving to take other jobs, how they gut them in the future. Because that Oklahoma definitely got gutted last yeah. year. I mean, it was well, really know, that's bad. Like USC, okay, it was totally unfair because they had they, – they basically had three pools to pull from this year for this year's team. They had all of the USC players that were already on campus – he basically had, he could pick and choose, it sounds like, from Oklahoma, which is a top 10, top 5, top 10, top 15 team at worst every year. And then he had the recruiting class he brought in. So, I mean, he had where maybe Alabama had 100, 110 players to choose from. He probably had 200 and, and kind of showed up toward the end, you know. I mean, I don't know if Caleb doesn't get hurt if they beat Utah or not. Utah already beaten them once, so it's hard to say they unequivocally would. But – yeah, I, I think they might have. I think the game would have been closer if he did not get injured. So I'm interested on on the Dion note, and I think Alabama is kind of a different animal, kind of like Ohio State um, and your bigger schools. But Neyland, I'd like to get your thoughts on if Dion would have gotten an SEC job, would you see would you see any Bama players having interest because it's Dion? Uh, well, I know the first day that it was announced that he was uh, going to Colorado and he took the job. I know one of our running backs that was on the portal, Trey Sanders, uh, tweeted out saying, you know, he got room for me up there. So, you know, I'm not sure if any of our guys would have gone up there, but, you know, having Dion a coach at Colorado, such a, uh, you know, bigger D1 school like that, you know, I, I believe that we would have had a lot of players start reaching out and, and uh, trying to go there, which is, you know, what you've seen within all of college football and guys yeah. in the portal. You know, That's I, a- I, I heard there were like over a thousand guys that reached out to uh, to Colorado the day after that he uh, the day after he announced that he was going to be coach. I heard that same thing, and and that's a, that that brings this question to mind here, Neyland. Do you feel like just based on and I know you can't speak for other people, and that, that but just just the the feeling you get, do you feel like a majority of the players? want to play for teams that win and contribute to that, or do they want to play for teams where they get to play? You know, I think players are going to want to go somewhere where it's just going to be the best situation for them. You know, I think players are starting to get in the portal more often now because they see opportunities at other schools that um, that they might not be offered at the schools that they're at uh, at this certain time. But, you know, any player that hits the portal, it's for their own specific reason. So, and I believe if somebody wants to go to a different school for a reason that they believe will benefit them, then you know I'm, I'm all for that. I'm glad I'm glad you brought that perspective because, as a fan, it, it kills me. I'm like, how could you leave Alabama? You know, I mean, because Tom and I both went there. We didn't play there, but we went there, and it's just inconceivable that uh, that you you know you, they want to um, that they'd want to leave. And, you know, football is all about brotherhood, teamwork. But you see when somebody jumps in the portal and commits, like Treshawn Holden, I saw he's going to Oregon, and I've seen Bama players, you know, tweet at him saying, you know, best of luck, nothing but love, things like that. So it is sad in in one aspect because it's become more of a business, especially with NIL and the portal. You know, you feel like it was more about team Back in the in the old in the old days in the nineties when we were in school time, <laughs> but 
but I get it, and it's the same with, with sitting out bowls. And I don't know. Uh, I'm not. I'm will not put Neyland on the spot tonight about you know um, our top two players, Will and and Bryce. Are they going to play? Are they not? All I can say is neither one of them have announced. And and I think you might have mentioned this that I don't know if you mentioned on the podcast or maybe it was I spread on Tyler Insider that it's like ESPN is trying to drive the narrative, like basically saying they're crazy if they do play. And you know it needs to be a decision for them. You know they they you can get the insurance policy with Lloyd's of London or whatnot, and um, and it's very little chance of getting hurt. No more chance of getting hurt playing in the Sugar Bowl than it would be playing against Auburn or playing any time during the year. I mean I get it. It's it's quote unquote a meaningless bowl, and it's sad because man the Sugar Bowl used to be the epic bowl because you know in the SEC if you won the SEC you went. But now with the playoffs, it's just watered down the other bowls, which I, you know, I think we're all in agreement. We can't wait to get to 12 teams. But um, uh, I've kind of lost my train of thought, Tom. You got to help me out. Well, let's go. I'm not charging. You're charging since we got to motor through this so we can get Neyland on the uh, witness stand. Right. <laughs> Neyland, do you watch much basketball? Expert. Yeah, uh, I mean, if, if Bama's playing, then I'm I'm all about basketball. I don't I don't watch too much NBA or other colleges unless it's just on the TV. But I I love tuning in to watch us play. I think you and I are in the same boat as far as uh, basketball goes. I'm a huge college basketball fan. I love it. Uh, I could care less when the NBA is playing. But you know, Bama over the past two weeks, of course, it's no news to anybody that that they've knocked off two number one teams, North Carolina four overtimes, Houston on the road Saturday, and that, my friend, Houston on the road, number one ranked Houston. And if you've watched Houston at all this year or last year or even the last two years, you know, Houston was in the Final Four two years ago. They were picked to be in the Final Four last year. They got knocked out in the Elite Eight by Villanova last year but Houston is a hard-nosed defensive-minded just stay in your face man-to-man all day long and that's what they that's what their bread and butter and they're really really good at it of course by their number one ranking now I will say this Houston traditionally doesn't play in a uh, very tough conference, but they do they, they make no bones about who they play out of conference. They go out there and, and they, they play a heck of a non-conference schedule, and when tournament time comes, they're ready. And the reason I mentioned that is this was what they said Saturday, if I believe, if, if I'm remembering it correctly, this was the first top 10 matchup they had in their arena. So, uh, and, and that's, a, that's a product of of uh, you know the other other teams in their conference not necessarily being that good year in and year out, but they do play those top teams. They're just not at home. So to say all that to say this, their crowd was hyped, and that was the largest crowd they've had in that arena. And for Alabama to go there and win that game on the road in that environment and and overcoming a 15 point deficit in the second half, that will be hard to beat the remainder of the year as the best uh, road win or the best, you know, what do they call it? Uh, uh, the Tier quadrant one. one. Yeah, quiet. I was trying to think of the word quadrant. Quadrant yeah, one win. Quadrant, yeah. Yeah, so that I don't I don't know if anybody else will top that. Now, of course, if Houston falls off the map, that'll go away. But I don't expect them to. I thought that was two heavyweights playing Saturday. Did you guys get to watch that game? 
Yeah, I was able to watch it the other day. Yeah, that that was very, very impressive, both sides of the ball. So I, I, I thought defensively we played our best game of the year. Offensively in the second half, I mean, I don't think we had more than three or four turnovers. I didn't look at the stats three. in the second Is that what it was, three? Yeah. And, and that's an anomaly for us. Typically we're turning over, you know, 15, 20 times a game. That's been sort of the, the the downfall of our offense. But if we protect the ball, we are really, really good. And I'm, I'm excited for the rest of the year. And, and it doesn't get any easier. You know, we play Memphis tomorrow night, who's the team who's just coming off beating Auburn, uh, giving them their first loss of the year last week. And then Saturday, Gonzaga comes to town. So, <laughs> hey, uh, I, I'm loving it. This is this is an awesome time of year, and and it's and it's better when we're good, and definitely we're good this year. Yeah, I watched a little bit. I was playing Fortnite, Tom, as always. <laughs> so, um, but I, you know, I could have told you we were going to win that game. You know how? Because I me. bet on it. No. I bet on Houston. Minus three seventy. I'm like, dude, that's easy money. So I put oh, some my money Lord. on there. Um, Neyland, I don't know. Right now, so it's, it's going to come out of her Christmas present. So I don't know <laughs> how much I put on there. But Neyland, so if you I'm, know I'm anything about Tiffin. games, and I'm like, let me check the score. And we were we were down 15. I'm like, oh, man, it's, you know, in the bag. And uh, <laughs> so I played a couple more games of Fortnite, logged back on, and we cut it to two. And then we took the lead. I was just keeping up with it on ESPN.com. So then I got off Fortnite and watched the last few minutes. And, man, it was, uh, it was great. And that's what, you know – that's what defense will do. If you play defense, you're always going to have a chance. And, and Oates preaches defense. And, and you know, I know I joke about I'm not doing, I'm not charging, you're charging. But, man, if we stay good, I'm hey, I'm down. I'm down for maybe – you put me in for one a month, Tom. I can stay in <laughs> we'll, we'll renegotiate your contract. Yeah, I got, I'm, I'm used to contracts after the night, man. I got a, I got a two-pager you got to sign. I heard about that. <laughs> All right, so uh, I guess that kind of wraps up the intro. Um, we'll get to we'll let Neyland do some talking here. So again, our guest is Neyland Hibbett. He's a long snapper for Alabama, second year. Second year. Second year, and um, he is like I said, he's TikTok famous, almost four hundred thousand followers, and uh, you know he's a renowned flag football coach for some sororities and basketball. Any other sports? Did you do volleyball? Did you say? Yeah, I went out for a volleyball game, but I mean, I didn't, I didn't post anything. I just, my girlfriend asked me to come out there, so I was like, all right. <laughs> so, but, but you know, he's a long snapper, and I, I guess it was, uh, I, I thought it was funny when, uh, so you almost had a fumble recovery at, um, at Mississippi State. You got your hands on it, and then some other fella jumped on it. And then uh, you saw it, I sent it to you, Tom. It was the true underdog story. Then he got the one against Auburn. And they played the, you know, the emotional music, and then um, the, he got the the turnover belt, held it up, and then for all intents and purposes, it should have been overturned. I don't think it hit the guy's hand, <laughs> but uh, we'll talk about that later. So I want to ask you first question. So when did you start playing football, little bitty? Yeah, so I was about uh, second grade, went out for pee wee football, and uh, just been playing ever since. So in pee wee, midget, mini midget, pee wee. They don't. You don't kick. You don't punt. You don't. Um, you don't kick field goals. And I'm not sure if Florence, you might do junior high. Definitely varsity, you do. So at what point did you say, you know what? I want to stick my head between my legs and snap the ball 12 yards back to a punter and seven yards back to a holder. How did that? How did you go from 
the positions you played in Little League to long snapper? So in Pee Wee, I always played like running back or, you know, just all tight end, all the other positions they play when you're a little kid. But uh, when I got out to middle school, um, I started playing center. And uh, we were at practice one day, and one of our coaches was like, um, all right, we're going to run a punt if we ever have to do it in a game. And he said, whoever the center is, I guess you're just going to be the long snapper. <laughs> so I, so I, I just I did it one time, and it was a decent snap, but I, I kind of wanted to get good at it. And the more research that I, that I found out, you know, I, I realized I could be able to go to school for something that, you know, that I'm not as nearly athletic as all these other guys in that field that I'm with. So just trying to find my way to be able to – sneak on the field and, and play I just thought that'd be my that'd be my way to do it so ever since seventh grade I used to get my mom's old gardening uh she had a big old bucket that she used to garden with and I got a got out on my basketball court and tied it up to a uh to a basketball goal and just stayed at that thing and just snapped for just four or five years nice Tom you yeah, got some Adder questions. <laughs> yeah, well, first off, first that, off, let me before you get to your adder questions. You know, Neilan on this podcast is three people, and you might you might be the second best long snapper on this podcast. Tom, <laughs> Tom was all state at um, New Brockton. Uh, yeah, I think that's a little bit of a stretch, sir. <laughs> I, I graduated high school at about a hundred and fifty nothing pounds and uh so uh yeah I, I that was in no no position there but i i did play the position in high school i wasn't nearly as dedicated as you were you'd be surprised the amount of people that i meet and uh no i am the long snapper and i'm like yeah and they're like oh i was a long snapper in high school too so they, they, <laughs> there were a lot of people who snapped in high school i've started to realize Oh yeah, everybody had to have one. It, it, some were much better than others now you <laughs> you mentioned that your uh uh, not athletic or whatnot, but I don't, I don't necessarily think that that's that's true. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, what did you you even played tight end in, in, as, as a senior? Did you not? Yes, sir, I did. Yeah, I, I, I saw a couple of uh, uh, touchdown passes on uh, YouTube. I think that you you call because here here's the thing, Tiffin. Tiffin called me and said uh, that Tori had befriended you, and and he sent me a video of uh, one of your TikToks, and I had already seen several of those because I was I was already cracking up on it, and I think I was probably even following your account and liking them. That was the your flag football escapade, so it was uh, it was funny when he when he said that's who you were because I, I had no idea. But let me let me ask you this, uh, Neyland, if you if you hadn't have you walked on at Bama, right? Yes. So if you hadn't have done that, would you have tried to pursue football elsewhere, or did you just want to go to the university? Yeah, so, I mean, growing up, I always wanted to go to Alabama. You know, I didn't know that I'd have the opportunity to play football there someday. But, you know, I just, I just grew up a huge Alabama fan, so that was always my, my number one choice. But, um, you know, I actually was close to um, uh, actually doing track at Alabama as well. Um, so that probably would have been the, the backup plan or go to another college for football. But, you know, Alabama was always where I wanted to be, and if I could even try to – get there for doing track i would i would like to do that as well Did when you, you say hurdles? track <laughs> no I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't do hurdles if no. you, it, this would be funnier tom if you were here because dylan's not a small fella 
What did what did you do on the track team? So I uh, I did all the throws in the in the state that we have. So we have shot put, discus, and javelin. Right. That's interesting. How'd you do? In so high um, my senior year, I was the uh, state champion for javelin, uh, discus, and came in third place for shot put. How about that? If we awesome. get some medieval uh, throwback warriors around here, I'm gonna <laughs> hunt you down with your javelin skills. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, so um, we talked about the the punt recovery at Auburn. Um, take us through that. Like, what is it? it just I, when I was in college, um, John Causey, he was a center for Alabama in the '96 game when we beat Auburn, 24-23 at Legion Field. And I asked him about like uh, the last play was Freddie Kitchens to Dennis Riddle on a little swing pass, and he made a man miss. 20 years before that term became popular and uh, and scored. And I asked John, I'm like, because I had class with him, I'm like, man, what did it feel like to, to beat Auburn in that in that fashion? He's like, man, I just, you know, I asked him about the crowd roar, and I, he said, man, I didn't, couldn't see the play. He said, when I, you know, snapped the ball and blocked, he fell down and got fallen on top of or whatever. He said, but I heard the crowd and I knew we'd scored. And uh, so describe from, from the snap to the recovery. So, you know, just like any other snap, it was third down. Me and my buddy James get a little fist bump, ready to go out. And fourth <laughs> down came up. And, our, yeah, me and my punter James always, always get our little fist bump in before we go out there. And went out to the field, had a play call. Henry said set. And I just snapped it like I always did. And I just ran down there. But, you know, I've, ever since that Mississippi State game, uh, you know, I've just kind of beat myself up thinking, man, if I just would have been a little bit closer, if I would have – you know, been maybe a little bit more alert. I could have gotten that, but you know, ever ever since that punt, you know, I've just tried to make sure to get as close as I can. And um, right behind Kendrick Law and Emmanuel Henderson, I saw the ball hit the ground and went up and grabbed it. So it was, and I, I didn't really think about it uh, until I got to the sideline. Like, like this is the Iron Bowl. Like that was really cool. Um, but you know, it was it was definitely a surreal moment being able to do that in Bryant Denny with my family there. And, at the Iron Bowl, and you know, six years, uh, six years ago on that date, you know, I was in the stands with my cousin, you know, videoing the game, watching, just super excited to be there. So it was, it was really cool for me. Neilan, let me ask you something. How fast are you? Uh, you've well, already, get, you're already on the team. You don't have to, you don't have to fluff. Well, I, well I, I remember the the practice. It, it was kind of funny because the practice. Uh, before the Iron Bowl that week when we were doing the punt script, um, one of our gunners told me to slow down so he could get to the ball closer, and I kind of laughed at him. And one of our coaches said, if my if my slow butt's beating him down there, then he shouldn't be a gunner anyhow. So, you know, I, I like to think I'd get down there pretty decently to be able to let go me, down there and help the gunners. Let me ask you this. The, do they – is it still a penalty? It used to be, and I don't know if it's – I never see it called. Is it still a penalty if you leave too early on the punt punt team? Can you can you take off immediately per so, the rules? Yes. That, that's only in the NFL. Um, okay. In the NFL, when you do pro style, uh, you can't release down the field until the punter kicks the ball, but that's completely different in college. You know, I can – as soon as I snap the ball, you know, my goal is to snap it and get up and down the field as quickly as I can. And most of the pressure comes from the outside uh, a lot of times. So I'm, I'm guessing a majority of the time you're unblocked? Yeah, I'm, I'm unblocked most of the time unless they have a rover uh, off on me that guards me. But a lot of times, you know, it is from the outside. But 
they'll send in rovers to the inside to try to make a shield miss. Yep. Um, you know, I, I know that's what, what we do a lot. But, you know, um, a lot of times I'm, I'm left unblocked. Or if I'll have a good week uh, covering before a game, you know, they'll, the, the team next week will have somebody blocking me. But, you know, about I'm blocked maybe 40% of the time. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, if they do decide to send someone up the middle, do you is your assignment? Uh, do you have a, a different assignment, or do you pin a lot on the upbacks? No. So my freshman year, um, you know, I would snap it and either chip to the left or right to help uh, the guy next to me. But this year, uh, with a new uh, special teams coordinator, uh, we set things up a little bit differently. So I'm just snap and release downfield. Oh, that's awesome. And, and they can't – you can't be hit, can you? No, not – well, until I put my head up, yeah, uh, they can hit me. But, um, you know, like every punt, um, they're not allowed to hit me until I put my head up. But like on field goals, you know, before every snap, uh, ref says stay off the snapper. Yeah. So, I mean, they can uh, they can hit me on the side, put my head up and just hit me really hard. But, you know, <laughs> until I put my head up, they, they, can't, they can't touch me. Dude, I would be run, as scared as I am of contact, I'd be running down the field head down the entire time. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering if we could make a helmet where it just appeared like you were looking down the whole time. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm going to ask you something about crowd noise later, but, like, the, do you remember the roar when you recovered the punt? Oh, uh, no. Uh, but, I mean, seeing the video, have, seeing all the uh, the Alabama uh, pom-poms go up, you know, I could – I could tell that it, it got pretty rowdy, but you know when you're on the field, I mean you, it's it's weird. You really can't hear anything after the play. Something happens, yeah, so yeah. you know you just kind of zone out. But um, you know it, it it always gets pretty rowdy. I was listening. I listened to New Heisel and the Show Pony on uh, on XM a lot of days, and and a lot of the coaches are tone deaf with that the the crowd noise octave. They they can't hear it when they do hearing tests. It's crazy because they've heard it for so long. Their ears are deaf to that that dull roar or whatever. Um, all right, so I, I stalked your TikTok today, kind of see what I was, you know, what I wanted to talk about. And uh, I saw, on, I think it's on Twitter, Instagram one. It was a screenshot of the you know hardest you've been hit, and uh, don't lie. And it was in high school, and you had apparently ripped a dude's helmet off because he was helmetless. And he uh, and he, Tom, you been watching the World Cup? Yep. Because I'm going to tell you what, the flop he did when this guy pushed him in the back would make uh, Messi and them jealous. So uh, I know that was a joke, but what is the hardest you have been hit at the University of Alabama? Um, in a game, not practice, in a game. Oh, uh, well, you know, there have been a lot of big hits, but surprisingly the, the biggest one was my second career game, and it was against Mercer. And I came off on a on a punt. I lifted my head, and as soon as I did, I, I looked up this guy after the game. It was like some <laughs> six five, two fifty graduate transfer linebacker. And man, that that was my welcome to Alabama moment. Just <laughs> against Mercer, you know, no no offense to Mercer, but you know that that was a that was a big hit. And you know, also uh, the Auburn game that year. Uh, what was his name? Smoke Monday. Yeah. You know, I I remember we were, we were in the meeting, and our coach was kind of calling me out. And he was like, hit it, hit it when this guy hits you, you got to get off this block. 
And I said, yes, sir. But in my head, I was like, Coach, that's Smoke Monday. <laughs> I'm a freshman long snapper. I'm not sure what you want me to do about that. but Get in the way and fall but, down. Yeah, that's all I was trying to do. But, but you know, no, that, they're, they're for sure bits of big hits. That reminded me of a, a, a quick funny story. Trust me, I'm not stealing your thunder here, Neyland. But I went to high school to two – 2A school where we played uh, Ironman football most of my sophomore, junior, and senior years. And when I first started long snapping down there, we had no coaching, no guidance. Coach just wanted somebody who could get it, you know, back there to the punter in a reasonable amount of time. So uh, I ended up doing that. My first game, we were playing a 5A school, Devil. Uh, and that was my first game doing long snapping. And, again, we'd just been practicing, and in practice it was more special teams. We hardly ever went full speed because we didn't have we didn't have enough players to line up 11-11 most of the practices. So, you know, we did a lot of just no defense special teams. And so my first game and my first snap, I snapped it. And, again, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I start running down the field, and I start looking up for the ball. <laughs> and I don't know what I think I'm going to do. I think I'm going to run under it and catch it like I do in practice when there's no defense. And by gosh, to this day, I don't know who hit me. Uh, <laughs> I was literally looking at the stars when I just got my legs and everything just went out from under me in a reverse Superman. It was, it was unbelievable. That's the only one and only time I ever done that. But I, I, that was on the job learning there. <laughs> so I think you, I think I heard you say you looked the guy up after the game. Did you? No, I said I. St- still to this day, I don't know who it was that hit me. Tom, it was. I'm talking, talking about Neyland. <laughs> Nobody cares about your stories. That's what I said. <laughs> So did you look the guy up after the game? Neyland, did you look the guy up after the game? Oh yeah. What would you tell him? Oh no, I didn't want to text him. I just, I just, I just looked him up and I just. Oh, you it, looked him up like online yeah, or whatever. I, I, I thought you okay. Because I remember I, got you. I watched it on film. And I was like, who is that guy? And I looked up his number and I was like, all right, he's six five two fifty. Yeah. Me feel a little bit better. I thought you meant you searched him out after the game. Like, dude, that's a good hit. Oh no, I didn't want to get near that guy. <laughs> All right, so we've we touched on you know the 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 noise, and I kind of stole Tom's thunder. I'm looking at his adder questions, but what was the loudest game this year? I'm anxious to hear. I'm guessing either Tennessee or LSU, but I might be wrong. What what was the loudest game? So, Tennessee this year by far was Tennessee, but um, surprisingly LSU was wasn't that loud. You know hmm. I you know I that that's the game that you know I've heard. You know that's the loudest place in college football. But you know e- even with them winning and how loud it was, you know, it, I don't, it didn't come close to a lot of the places that we played, but uh, Tennessee was for sure the loudest. Yeah, we were at that game. I took Tori and her three roommates, and it was. Uh, I've been there a few. I've been there four times. I'm two and two. I, I saw Peyton beat us, and then I went back for 08 when we, when we, uh, I guess we well, we broke the streak, but we hadn't won up there in a while. So I've um, got some good and bad memories at Tennessee. But Tom, you go ahead and ask him your noise questions under that. Uh, well, I was, you know, we've already talked about it a little bit, and I was expecting you to say that Auburn was the loudest that you'd ever heard somebody cheer directly for a play that you did. <laughs> I mean, because you don't get that opportunity that often, you know. Um, it, 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 would you say that that's the, I guess, the, the most uh, positive play you've had in your career so far that uh from a 
particularly from a crowd noise, but maybe even just from a general satisfaction standpoint. Yeah, so, I mean, I think, you know, fumble recovery during the Iron Bowl is going to be the, you know, highlight of my career. So, I mean, that was that was really special for me. But the loudest that, like, a stadium has ever been um, was actually Florida my freshman year. And the reason for that is because they would run the ball, and it would be like a one-yard gain, and the crowd would just go nuts. And, I, and, we, and we'd all be on the sideline like, what are y'all cheering for? And they would like have their empty beer bottles about five feet away from us on the uh, on the sideline because everything's just so close and condensed, just banging them on our uh, on our bleachers. And that place was just super super loud. But I remember when we went to Auburn my freshman year. As much as I hate to say it, that was probably one of the most electrifying electrifying places that I've ever been. That that stadium atmosphere was super cool, and their fourth quarter show was was really really cool. I liked our fourth quarter show better with Bryce taking it the distance. Oh yeah. <laughs> so speaking of that game, um, man, I, I can't I can't ask you this question because I can't I can't do this. I, I can't ask you to say something that your teammates might hear. But it, let's just let's talk about it this way. The situation looked dire. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. I was in Oklahoma and uh, I had uh, I had left the party I was at. And I was so mad, and we back, we were backing into the casino in a parking spot, and my best bud Daryl texted, "Can't believe we got to overtime." Like I'd given up. So, mm-hmm. um, and it, you know, it, when it, when we got to overtime and it started looking really bad, you know, like uh, our our heaters on the sideline, like they they started turning them off, and we were all just like, "Why? Like why are y'all turning the heaters off? We're still in this." And you know, Bryce was just walking down the sideline where everybody was just like. On edge, like just kind of trying to trying to win the game, and he's just smiling, just <laughs> high fiving everybody, just cool as a cucumber. And you know that that and we're really fortunate to have somebody like Bryce around because he just kept everybody cool and collected. But you know, before that drive, we were all just just praying that something would happen. But you know, he he was cool, collected about it, and and helped us all out just to stay calm. But he he knew what was going to happen. So, but that was that was definitely a drive that we were all all pretty nervous about but you know we had confidence in him and, and our ability to go in and play yeah it was uh it was awesome right, a few more a few more um football questions and we'll get more maybe a little bit more fun topics um coach Saban's practices are, were legendary especially when he came I don't know if they're as intense uh the fourth quarter conditioning program you know we heard I mean I heard like running 28 110 like I can't my mind can't wrap around that at any level especially not at 48. But even at 18, I can't imagine having to line up and do eight 28, 110-yard sprints. So is it still pretty intense like that? So, you know, we've started bringing in guys to the program. Or excuse me, he's started bringing in guys to the program that kind of approach uh, the conditioning aspect from football from a scientific standpoint uh, to give us the best results physically and, and even mentally with the, with the help that they have. And, um, you know, like fourth quarter last year, you know, we would have, we would set up cones on each hash and have them going down the field. And one group would be in the middle doing a dynamic workout where it's like you do uh, high knees and then sprint 15 and then just, just warming up. And then on the other side, we would run 100 yards, walk the end zone, run 100 yards, walk the end zone, run 100 yards. <laughs> So and we just did that the entire time the other team was warming up. And uh, if a coach saw you stop, I mean, they had a had a few words that 
that they let you know to keep going. But you know they, uh, you know it, it's for sure difficult. But you know from uh, the help that they have, and they they put a lot of research into the things we do. So we all have we all have trust in it. But you know it it is pretty intense. So in just your regular practice, like so we're in the middle of the season. It's a Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday practice where it's still kind of intense. I think you probably wind it down Thursday and Friday, of course. Uh, you're a specialist. Do y'all do the the rigorous uh, hitting, physical contact in practice, or are you more um, off to the side practicing your craft? So no, we we're not we're not in the trenches with all those guys until we get into our uh, to our own periods and uh, do our own specialist thing. But you know we're it it it's not just a little cakewalk that that a lot of people think that it might be. You know we have to make sure that. We are uh, perfecting our craft and over there doing drills for preparing for any scenario. And, you know, Will Riker likes to be able to go through a full script, whether that be punt, field goal, kickoff, you know, anything we do to, to simulate before we go in for the period to, uh, to go in and come together with the whole team to practice. So, you know, over there, uh, they offense has field two, defense has field, uh, field one, we got field three. So, you know, we're out there just making sure that we got our craft down to be able to go in the game and just, you know, hopefully unnoticed. Does Will practice his intimidation techniques during practice? <laughs> so Will, <laughs> uh, Will just he he's all he's always uh, just doing something on the spot. And I know when he when he got up, that wanting something that he was planning to do he just in the moment super pumped up and we we all loved seeing him do it. oh we awesome. trust me we loved it too <laughs> <laughs> that is our that's actually our twitter um our twitter uh, picture now is him the one that, that he signed for us so um apparently i heard somebody's gonna start making sweatshirts with the photo on there and, I, and he sent us the link and i was like dude you gotta uh, get me one. oh i gotta get i gotta, gotta get, get one of those one. yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh I'm, you're only two years in, but I figure you've got one. What is your go-to Coach Saban story? It can be funny, it can be serious, whatever. Is there something that just when you ask that question, does something jump in your mind? Yeah, I want to tell this story. Oh gosh, man, there are so many Saban stories that have already happened that that have just been. Oh gosh, I can't, I can't even think of one. But I, I do remember there was one time in practice. Um, it was about my first day. <laughs> not first it was first fall camp and uh we were over on the lines doing stretches and I remember saving walking over to some guy uh it was a freshman defensive lineman uh, who's now gotten playing time this year and uh he uh, he came in overweight and they wanted him to lose about 30 35 pounds and he hadn't dropped any weight uh the the summer in, in the fall camp and I remember he got over there and he was right next to me in my line and he asked him if he'd been losing any weight. He was like, no, I've, I've, been, I've been trying. <laughs> and as soon as he said that, Saban turned back around. And, man, I, I was scared just listening to it, hearing, hearing him just going on, all the stuff he was saying to him and, and getting <laughs> in him. But it was, it, it, it was a, it was a wake-up moment that I didn't want to be yelled at like that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, he's got so many stories. That he's just a funny guy, and he's, he's a great coach to play for, and he's for sure a player's coach, so – I'm sure there will be a lot, lot of stories. Yeah, and that's 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 awesome. All right, Tom, you got the next question all to yourself, bub. Neilan, I know as fans, 
we tend to have a lot of opinions on the direction of, of college football, particularly as it relates to playoffs and and things of that nature and and it seems to be still the case when when it's being discussed but what i don't hear a lot of is actually from the players you know there there's for for years it's been oh we can't expand this season it's too much on these guys they they, too many games and so on and so forth and of course you know every the the other side of that coin is they're playing that many games at every other level, whether it be high school, whether it be Division Two, whether it be NFL, whatever, uh, and in other sports as well. But what what are your thoughts? What are the what is what are you hearing around the locker room from other players as far as playoffs and expansion goes? Are you guys for the uh, upcoming twelve team expansion? Do you like it at four? Uh, what what are your thoughts there? You know, we're all excited about the playoff expansion. I think, uh, you know, it, it's a great uh, it's a great thing to be happening to college football. But, you know, we're all still super excited to be able to go play against Kansas State. You know, they're a great team, and the Sugar Bowl is an awesome bowl to be able to play in. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, Saban said it perfectly when, you know, when they're looking at who to put in the playoffs, um, having two losses, but on the last play of the game and on the road – on the road games, over a hundred thousand people who hate you and want you to lose. I mean, just taking that into factor. But I think Saban made a really good point when he talked about that. Um, you know, they they don't have us talk about that a lot, uh, just to keep our opinions to ourselves. But you know what what Saban said, we all agree with. But you know, either way, we're super excited to be able to go play Kansas State and kind of prove our point as a team that that we're still here and uh, we're we're super excited to go play. Yeah, that's awesome, and you'll not get no argument for us. We we argued for weeks here about <laughs> our position or lack thereof in the playoffs. But you know, it's a uh, uh, we won't rehash it. But that uh, I couldn't agree with you more as far as the environments we lost with in and and the way that we lost. I I don't think there's a question in in our mind at least that we should have been in there this year. But uh, but yeah, well, like, I, like we talked about, he actually I, I figured he would listen to one of our podcasts to know what he's getting into, <laughs> what kind of what kind of amateurs we were he was having to deal with. But um, like we said, the the four we, the four most deserving teams are in this year, not the not the four best. I, I stand by that. Uh, TCU's a great story. We would be double digit favorites over them as we have talked about ad nauseum. So. Uh, any other football stuff, Tom? Because we're about to throw some maybe, hopefully, fun questions. I can't wait to hear the answers to them. <laughs> yeah, no. Let's let's get into it. Okay, so you play guitar occasionally on the strip or off the strip on the strip where? Uh, so I'll just go out to a bar most of the time, and um, you know, I'll I'll go in, I'll see the band, and they'll 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 know me because I'll either introduce myself a little while before and. Uh, They'll ask me to come on stage and play with them, and I'll be like, all right, I'll come on up, and I'll either play, you know, Tennessee Whiskey is the main song I usually play with yeah. bands that I know, but I'll, I'll play a little bit of everything. But I remember last uh, date party tour we had, actually, that I went with my girlfriend, uh, there was a band there called Trotline, and as soon as I left, they, they DM'd me on Instagram asking if I would want to play with them, and nice. my girlfriend was so upset. She was like, you, you could have played, that been so awesome. <laughs> but, you know, I just... Just play here and there, and I'll play like gigs at restaurants and stuff. But and there are some shows coming up uh, this year that I'll be playing at like the orchestras when they have breaks. But you know, nothing, nothing too crazy. But I just 
like playing and playing in public sometimes when when I get the opportunity. Well, here's the question. So in this in this question, you don't have a girlfriend. His girlfriend's named Anna, but in this scenario, he does not have a girlfriend. So you're at Rhythm and Brews. You're on stage. You're about to finish up a song. And Anna and a bunch of her sorority sisters come in, and you are mesmerized by Anna, who's now your girlfriend, but in this scenario, she's not. So what song are you about to play to impress Anna? What's your go-to song to impress her? Oh, wow. Well, I'm going to tell the band to, to step off, hand me the acoustic guitar, and let me play a little bit of Lady May, Tyler Childers. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. My girlfriend loves Tyler Childers. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she will be, she'll probably actually have to listen to this podcast now. <laughs> All right, um, let's see. Okay, this one here. So you're playing at Rhythm and Brews, and it's winding down. So, you know, the 2 o'clock comes, whatever time the bars close on Saturday night. Everybody leaves. You're having to clean up, having to put your guitar up, whatever. You walk out, out the back, kind of a dark area in the back, and you're walking up. Your car's parked at the end of the alley, and you see two guys walking straight towards you. It's obvious they're up to no good. They're probably going to jump you. The good news is there's a car parked in between them and you, and there's a one football player in that car that's going to get out and help you fight. Who do you want that football player to be? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, well, I mean, he he's cool, and he's always been nice to me. And, you know, on the football field, he's not too nice. But, you know, I'm calling Will. Okay. Will well, that's Anderson, what we're – yeah, I'm, cool. I'm, let, I'm, letting him, I'm letting him come over, help me out. And he's, all, he's always been a really nice guy to me, but – you know, I feel like he might not be too nice if somebody's being mean. If, that, if you I, know, go ahead, Tom. If Alex Rozier is in that car, is he getting out? Oh, Alex Rozier is getting in that car ten times out of ten. <laughs> All right, I don't know who that name. Who is that? <laughs> Alex Rozier is another long snapper on the team. <laughs> Alex is my boy. That's my that's my ride or die right there. <laughs> See, when uh, we were in college, the answer to that question was Andre Royal, which you might not probably never heard of him. He played linebacker. He is famous for tearing his ACL, I think, against Auburn during warm-ups. He, he's warming up, doing the calisthenics, whatever, blows his ACL. And he never – he played for the uh, – I think he played for the Panthers a, a few games, weeks, years, I don't know. But, dude, he was a badass. Like, you did not mess with Andre oh. Royal. And I just – I didn't know – like, see, so the guy, when we were in school – it's not really a, a all American like Will is. So I was curious what your answer would be on that. So uh, what else we got, Tom? That's about it, isn't it? Um, well, go ahead. What, let me ask you this: What uh, when you? Uh, I guess when you started your TikTok videos, what? What actually got you into that? Did you stumble across it? Did you go in there intentionally? Trying to produce funny content because you thought it was fun. What? How, how did you get into that? So, um, I I first posted a video of me playing Tennessee whiskey just on the guitar, just strumming it, and it got like a couple thousand likes. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And I remember after a practice one day at uh, in Alabama, I hadn't posted anything on TikTok for like a year, but I just wanted to make like a funny joke about being a walk on. And well, I got this cool locker, and uh, and it was like a little funny little video I did and it got like 500,000 likes <laughs> and I just kind of started posting TikToks here and there and you know the more that happened I saw a bunch of college athletes you know posting stuff and you know the main reason that you know people watched them was they would 
post something in the facility or kind of show, you know, I'm a part of this program and I'm making TikToks. And, you know, I kind of wanted to go in a different direction and be able to have um, kind of a TikTok personality because of, of me and not Alabama football. So I kind of just started posting comedy skits and, um, you know, people liked them. And I just kind of started brainstorming there. And my girlfriend's probably recorded about a thousand hours of me doing TikTok skits, but uh, you know, it's just kind of it's just kind of something that I do on the side for fun, and I, I enjoy it. How much time do you put into it? Do you do you sit around and think of new ideas and uh, jot them no, down? I mean, and... I'll, I'll I'll think of a new idea and jot it down, and kind of just fiddle with it when I'm just bored and hanging out. But you know, it's not something that you know I'm thinking about twenty four seven. You know, I just I just do TikTok for for fun and to blow off some steam. I got you. Well, I, I I definitely enjoyed them. I think you you've got a uh, a good comedy mind as far as that goes because there are some funny stuff in there for sure. So the the um, the locker rooms what made you go viral pretty much that that one you're talking about. Yeah. So I remember I posted that TikTok, but what really started blowing up was that uh, I coached a flag uh, sorority basketball game. And that was something that wasn't involved with the program, and that was just kind kind of gave me the idea of like, you know, I could I could start coaching a little bit and and making people laugh some. That that that'd be something funny to do, and then that that's what really started making it take off. <laughs> All right, now, a couple more. Did you well, let ahead, me Tom, ask this? Did you go ahead and and you did a whole season of coaching with those girls? Yeah, so it, it was a funny story. I, I was out one night, and a girl walked up to me, and she was like, hey, my name's Lillian. I'm uh, uh, a Zeta. I'm the head of the Zeta, Zeta Intramurals. We'd love for you to be our coach. And I don't remember what I said, but I, I think I was just like, oh, no thanks. And my girlfriend's <laughs> roommates at the time were Zetas. And she walked up to me and was like, Neilan, did you tell a girl that you wouldn't coach their team? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. she was like well you're gonna do it you're gonna go coach and you're gonna be nice and I was like okay so, that, so that, that's kind of that's, that's how it started but I, I, I at first said no surprisingly but I was fortunate that my girlfriend made me go out there and do it so you've done two seasons <laughs> two seasons so far have you won any I mean we win games <laughs> no, no championships yet Tom <laughs> but, but you know, we we just go out there and have fun. You know, it's nothing like, oh, we have to win the game, we have to win the championship. You know, we all Saban's got nothing to worry about. No, not at all. <laughs> Tom, I feel like Neyland has a different clientele of girls coming up and talking to him in college than you and I did. We had girls coming up to us. Do you remember <laughs> <Exactly>. that wrong? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so a couple more questions, uh, two more topics, and we'll wrap it up. So, rapid fire, just off the top of your head, Dreamland or Archibalds? Oh, Dreamland. Taco Casa or Taco Bell? Taco Casa. Absolutely. 1,000%. Winner, winner. B-dubs, which is Buffalo Wild Wings. B-dubs or Phil's? B-dubs. Okay. Waysider or another broken egg? Another broken egg. Rounders or AKO date party? <laughs> oh, uh... AKO date party. Oh, uh, I feel like he had... I feel like that was a forced answer, Tom. Pressured. <laughs> All right, and Tom wrote this one, uh, NIL or TikTok. I don't know what you make more money off of, NIL or TikTok. I enjoy them both. All right, good enough. <laughs> All right, so we've gone back and forth uh, off the air. I want to uh, encourage the listeners, you need to listen up here. This is very important. So 
We talked to Neyland beforehand. Me, Tom and I talked it over, talked over with his agent. We weighed all the pros and cons, and he agreed to do this. So, Neyland, what are your true feelings about Auburn football? So, this is something that we feel, you know, the same as as an entire team, and even Saban feels the same way as well when he talks to us about it. But the number one thing that we as a group think about Auburn is – Wow, I, that I, I couldn't say it any better. Do you agree, Tom? He said it all, Neilan. He said it all. <laughs> all right. So that wraps us up tonight on I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. Man, what a fun uh, podcast. I had a blast. Hope you did too. Thank you for coming down. Nice hour long scenic drive from Florence to Red Bay. He's off till the 14th. Uh, 14th. Yeah, yeah. So when, uh, when you headed to, when do y'all head to New Orleans? So, we are going back to Tuscaloosa this Friday, meeting at 2 o'clock, and then we have practice Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then I believe we're headed out to New Orleans either Wednesday or Thursday, some sometime around there, but late next week. Yeah. All right. Well, now, look, I don't know if you've heard or not, but there's a, there's one street down in New Orleans. They got a bunch of honky-tonks down there. It's called Bourbon Street. You might want to steer clear of there. <laughs> yeah, Always I, good I, advice. I I will not be going down there. It, 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 yeah, that's a joke, but it, it has changed, man. I went down there. It's not It's not like it used to be. I, it's not as fun. Maybe it's just because I'm getting older. Well, Tom, as always, that's going to wrap us up. And, uh, Tom, if you're going to hate Auburn, you have to hate early and hate often. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Appreciate it, Neyland. Enjoyed the conversation. Take yes, it sir. easy, guys. Thank you all for having me.